0: Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson and Chris Emke. You're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Chris,
1: uh, we want to talk a little bit about buying stuff on Craigslist. Are people still using Craigslist? I mean, I still do. Uh, Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace is another big one that I'm starting to use. That is the one that
0: I think I do most of my used shopping
1: on. Yeah. Yeah. I just had a recent vehicle that I sold by a Craigslist ad. So the guy saw it on Craigslist, would not Actually, reach out to me because you know, Craigslist, there's a lot of scamming going on right now, right? Um, and then he ended up finding my ad on Facebook, uh, looked me up, actually downloaded and listened to our podcast. Oh, and that's how he called me. Oh, really, really weird. Uh, so that was cool. Um, so yeah, uh, this past weekend I went and uh, did a I was our customer back at the shop. Okay, so I am the new proud owner of a 300,000-mile uh, crew cab shortbed LB7.
0: Clapped the fuck. I haven't even seen I saw no, a picture. It, it, uh, it looked halfway nice, but I just can't believe that you bought a nice vehicle.
1: It's... It's... <laughs> It's, uh, it's not, it's a, it's going to be a good work truck for someone, you know, I bought it. So one of the things I do on the side is I buy vehicles, fix them up, sell them. Um, just, yeah, it's
0: going to be a nice work truck for someone. That's all the description I need. Mid yeah. one owner adult yeah. driven.
1: So, you know, I got uh, like I said, a, a crew cab. It doesn't run. Um, got a bunch of paperwork for parts, um, had one of my buddies who's a tech, not going to mention names, come out, look at it. Um, Literally right before this recording, I went and ordered a couple parts. They'll be here this week. Uh, Kind of, you know, play with some stuff, try to see if we can get it running. Uh, We actually had it running last night already, Okay, Um, but it needs like a fuel filter head. The the general LB7 stuff, we're going to get a pump, put a pump in it. We're going to do a fuel filter head, um, run some new fuel lines, things like that. I Um, love it. But yeah, you know, it's a cool, you know, it's, it's a cool project. It's funny because a customer calls in or an end user calls in and they're like, oh, I'm having this problem with their truck. And I can spit the game like, hey, you touch this, you, 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 you check these things. I'm sitting there yesterday in my buddy's shop. I'm looking at my laptop, looking at my V2, looking at the truck, looking at him. He's like, so what do we do? And I'm like, dude, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I had to take a step back. But, uh, you know, it's fun. It's a learning experience. It's nice. I, I'm not a mechanic. I don't wrench on anything. I mean, I've worked on a couple of my own stuff, but right. it's, uh, it's nice to tinker and, uh, you know, kind of play around. And, you know, it's, it's a gamble. Um, I I am money out on a truck that now I have to invest my time into to potentially get and, my money back
0: out and more money right. and more money yeah
1: but it's cool you know what it it's one of those things um, work hard take a risk you know it's all part of it I've been doing this for years before I worked for Nick this is what I did for a couple of years I didn't have a job. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I was not a bum. Right. Um, I had a, I had a badass second gen. I saw you begging for change with it. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it's nice to go back to my roots. I have the free time. I like to utilize it and you know, it's a hobby of mine at the same time. It's productive, better than going to the bar drinking.
0: So, so I don't know about that, but, but it's fun. I nonetheless. mean, I'm, I'm not
1: broke. Well,
0: <laughs> debatable, but we'll see Right. again. Yeah. Fun nonetheless.
1: And you know, it was cool because then I was able to take uh my 15, you know, I, so I bought, our old shop truck. Right, right Rambox. The Rambox. Yep. So it has uh, the emissions now still on. Come it. Daddy. Come yep. Daddy, yes. Uh, next month, the new plates come in. Nick is you not, not going to be happy with You're
0: that. You're such a dork. Yeah.
1: So uh, the Come Daddy, as I call it, uh, it's got <laughs> an ATS compound set up on it. We've done a drive along in it. Yeah. yeah um, great truck. The truck, truck, I just want to point out, you know, a lot of guys, uh, I, I made a, a post on Instagram and Facebook about guys that think they need to like delete the truck um, or any of the trucks. Yeah, did to... you get some hate for
0: that? I read that No, comment. dude,
1: I've had, it was actually like, you know, I don't have like a million followers or anything. I have a couple thousand followers, this and that, but uh, the likes and the people that commented, it was actually positive. Like people are actually inquiring, got a couple PMs, you know, guys asking how the truck operated, regeneration uh, intervals, things like that. Educated questions. Yeah. Um, so it's cool to, kind of being a truck that's kind of in the forefront of that it, it is my daily driver i i put twenty thousand miles on that truck in this last year
0: damn so between
1: traveling and and you know just driving it every day yep. but uh you know drove to chicago which from my house it's about an hour and a half drive uh with uh, you know our bumper pull trailer loaded this truck up you didn't even feel eight thousand pounds, eighty five hundred pounds behind no. you. The truck just yeah. it towed like a dream. So I don't know. It's just really cool to kind of be part of that. Lettery. Yeah, man. I love it. Speaking of
0: speaking of new stuff new going stuff, on at the shop. Yeah. You so, got
1: you got new trucks.
0: Uh we got some new shop new New trucks yeah. over in the shop. So
1: this is kind of one of those Craigslist ordeals all over again. Um, so uh, there was a video that uh, you uh, had uh, published last week through the Duramax Tuner, a couple weeks when this airs, uh, from the Duramax Tuner page. Well, we did – so so for our listeners, we did the Humvee ride-along.
0: That's yep. what we're talking about, the LBZ Allison the, swapped LBZ into Hunter. the Humvee. Yep. Um, now, that, that truck we – Somebody else had built it. A customer built it, Blair yep. Outland, of Xi Diesel, Who's, or usedh1.com.
1: And we've done some interviews with uh, some of his employees yep. on, some, on Conversion Month On uh, Conversion year. Month, that's right. That's right. That was last year. That was this year. Yeah. It, 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 was it, a time. it was a while It was ago. a time in the past. So,
0: yeah, I mean. Uh, so, we had that truck in. Now, we had a lot of fun with that truck. It was cool. We got to take it off-roading. We mm-hmm. got to take it drag racing. We got to do burnouts on the street. Yes. Although, none of those made it to the video, I noticed. No. no. Um, but, yeah, so, so we did get to have a lot of fun with that truck. So much fun that so, so somebody got f- caught up in the fever of a Humvee yeah. conversion.
1: So just for starters, Nick uh, pregnant's, you know, Duramax Junior Calibrated Powers owner, uh, he's been wanting to build one for a while. Like, he's got a soft spot for Hummers. He's got a soft spot for, like, just military stuff in general, I feel, and just weird Yeah. Of- Wax stuff
0: i've had a few m2 conversations yeah, with him yeah. that i thought were just why are we talking about this
1: so anytime he needs craigslist ebay negotiations he usually weasels me into something somehow some weasels way. the weasel weasels the weasel i am <laughs> i am the fucking gopher uh so yeah long story short um did a deal we ended up picking up a 95 hardtop wagon hummer hummer right. uh Super badass. We have it in the shop already. Um, we're in the process of disassembly. Um, I got some really good
0: video on yeah, it today. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, uh, I mean, this is like... This is a little different than the camo Hummer that we have at the shop, Blair's.
0: I was just going to mention here. So when when we initially got the Humvee from Blair, uh, everybody kept saying that there there was this was military dress yeah. and civilian dress, and I really didn't know the difference. Nobody. I rode around in some H twos and H threes in my life, but and those never, to me were civilian dress. That was that's yeah. what I thought civilian dress. With I thought they just meant a whole new generation. Yeah. That no 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 no, no. Hummer had a civilian dress yeah, version
1: H one, and that yeah. that's essentially what we have. So it has all the amenities. It's you know kind of like a loaded. 95, if you will. Um, <laughs> I
0: love that. A loaded 95. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> it has really nice
1: interior. It's got a full sound system, carpet, sound deadening. Like it's the real deal. The guy that we got it from. So the, the truck came out of the Northeast. Yep. Uh, it was used for off-roading. Um, it shows it. I mean, it's no show queen. It's a Hummer for crying out loud. Um, but we are dismantling the whole thing. Um, it had a naturally aspirated 6.2 in it. Um, and we're going to work, going to put a built lbz motor in it um so we're gonna do allegedly yeah no uh the the final go ahead uh, did we, you get the donor truck yet uh we're not doing a donor truck we actually have everything already at the shop so uh harness and everything that's needed to kind of do the conversion on top of um the conversion kit that we're going to be getting from uh, pila motorsports oh ABM. So, um where the plan here is is to kind of build a truck similar to uh what blair's truck was essentially um maybe a little more fuel a little more power you know a little more never hurts um but it'll host like our stealth 67 vvt um which is a nice test bed um we've gone back and forth about the plans for this truck chris and i have um
0: I I had some different ideas of where we should go with it, Chris. We've had Chris had some some ton valid points
1: of different, and you did too. I, I for um, starters, guys, I never give Paul credit. I try not to, that, which is um, a good idea. Yeah. But the original game plan that we had, I mean. Let's face it, We our shop and, and the resources that we have access to, we could probably make anything happen or, or within reason, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, if
0: it's possible,
1: we yeah. could do it. But we need to do something that is going to inspire end users, something that's going to be like, damn, that's cool, you know? Uh, and and some of the practicality around some of the conversions that we were talking about just really wasn't there. I yeah. mean, what conversion is practical? Not many, but, you know, again, within reason.
0: Right. So, Yeah. Can you feel the tension, listeners? No, 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 I'm just joking. So Chris and I have gone back and forth on this. Uh, We both had some valid points about what we wanted out of it, and I think we've settled kind of somewhere in the middle, or Nick has settled somewhere in the middle Mm -hmm. throughout all of this. Uh, What's really awesome is we're going to be able to get to document this as we go forward, so you guys will be hearing updates through the podcast about this project. We also, of course, have the LBZ budget bill that's now in our hands. Yes. Yes. Listeners, this is a really cool truck that Chris and I stumbled into now getting to run point on. Uh, We got a few months to do something with it, and we have legitimately no ideas. Uh, So if you guys have ideas of what we should do with our LBZ budget build, that's our... Four door, long bed, just two thousand six LBZ. LBZ. Uh, it's it's already set up for work stock slug pulling. Or our Canadian listeners, LBZ. LBZ. Yep, there you go. Way to be inclusive. Hey man. Uh, <laughs> just, thinking on, just thinking here. <laughs> Stay in PC around here. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so if you guys have ideas of what we should do with that, or what you guys would like to see go on that, uh, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, give us some feedback about the LBZ, the the Hummer project. Feel free to send us your feedback, yeah. although I don't know where that'll go. It seems yeah. like th- the re- there's the re- another wind that's carrying that project
1: here's, along. Here's the reality, right? So when a project that Duramax Tuner does, that's Nick's project. i like, will just be very transparent. Right. Nick comes to us and gets feedback of what we think, but... Ultimately, it's his decision. Yeah. Uh, the project, the budget build, um, as that's ultimately Nick's decision, we have more leverage because we go to Nick, hey, this is what we want to do. And then us, as I mean, Paul's a sales guy, I'm a sales guy, we sell him on the value of him spending company money on that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like to phrase that as uh, we present him with great ideas yep. and allow him to make the best decision. Right,
1: but we <laughs> might lean one way more so than the other.
0: Absolutely. So, so we are looking for ideas on the LBZ uh, budget build. If you guys got any ideas or something you want to see us do with that truck, yeah. or if there's an event you want to see us get that truck out to, plan uh, ahead. We'd love to talk to you, yeah. man. Contact us now because 2018 gets scheduled like by the end of January. 2019 gets 2019. scheduled by the end of January. We know where that truck is going to be all year. Uh, So get a hold of us on that. Chris, I did want to dive in... we did that Diesel Insights on on Blair's Humvee. Yeah, If you guys haven't seen it, jump on YouTube, jump on Facebook. It's like 50,000 views yeah. on Facebook right now. It's been really
1: popular. Um, my dad, who can barely use a fucking computer or a cell phone for crying out loud, like he doesn't realize I text him. He's like, oh, I <laughs> saw that video that you guys posted on my phone. I'm like, you follow our work page? He's like, yeah, I, on Facebook. I'm I like, think. I didn't even know you had a Facebook, dad. Cool. <laughs> I, t- you, I tell you the
0: story about my dad was really proud when he, he was looking over the shoulder of somebody at Walmart and their grandkid was like, no, grandma, you don't got to do that. You just hit the backspace button. Oh, yeah. No, he, he was as proud as a father could ever be of himself for learning that you could hit backspace in a text message. Shut the
1: fuck up. You think it's a <laughs> It typewriter? explained so, so many much, text messages man. that I've gotten from him in the past. <laughs> I was like, what well,
0: awesome!" are you sending? Yeah, That's awesome. Good stuff. Big shout out, Dad, because uh, you <laughs> You're not gonna listen will to never this. figure out the technology to listen to a podcast. <laughs> right. Chuck. Uh, speaking of technology, XRG Forefront of Performance Engineering. Uh, Common Rail that, Injection Systems. There you go. You said it, man. Yeah, man. Nailed it. Uh, guys, you you know we talk about XRG in every episode, not only because they're the sponsor, one of our uh, sponsors of the show, but also because we've worked with them forever. I think yeah. well before they ever agreed to a sponsorship, we were recommending yeah. XRG. It's it's what we use in our vehicles. It's what we use in our customer vehicles. It's what we use in our shop vehicles. And that's because we can trust their consistency and also because we believe in their their technology and their testing, okay. uh, and one of the things their their testing kind of tends to point them towards is. How do you make injectors last? And as winter approaches man, man, and cold man. start videos start, uh, there's two things that we want to hit on for today's exergy do's and don'ts. Chris,
1: do you want the do or the don't? Uh, you know, I'll take the do um, just because there's a couple of stories that kind of pop up on me real quick. Do it, do it. You know, guys, uh, maybe, maybe the guys out in California, Florida, Texas, you know, you're probably not dealing with the same type of weather us uh, Midwestians are or East Coast guys, but um, but weather's changing. The the fuel and, and the additives that are being thrown into the fuel are changing. So your fuel mileage is going to tend to drop and things like that. Please don't call me about that. Please, please, please. But, um, you know, you, you want to be careful here. Uh, if you're in a scenario like, you know, you have a couple trucks and you don't drive them frequently and you have fuel from the summer, a summer blend, and it's now 30 degrees, 25 degrees out and you go to drive the truck, it's probably going to gel up. And to be clear, you're talking about the fuel and the additives... From the pump, not your own additives. And that's something we're going to touch on. Yeah. Um, So the weather is changing. You know, maybe even if you don't have your full lifespan on your fuel filter, swap it out just to be proactive. Uh, Run the truck out of its fuel that's currently in there. If it's been sitting for a while, get some fresh fuel in there. One of the things I want to touch on is there was a local gentleman who uh, grew up not far from me. He grew up next town over from me. And he actually works for one of the big uh, fuel supply companies out in like right over the border in Wisconsin. And I had asked him, I was like, you know, what do you do about additives, you know, in the winter and this and that? And he was like, don't run them. And I'm like, well, why? Why wouldn't you run additives? And he brought out a couple of, of points that I had never even thought of. Different fuel companies that blend their own fuel will actually use an additive, right? They'll use a specific additive to blend their fuel for winter purpose. Right. Well, you go to the fuel pump station, right? And you fill it up. And there's like two or three like main additives out there. You go and you fill up. Let's say you add additive to your fuel. Let's say that additive is the opposite additive that was added to that fuel in the first place. Right. Chemical imbalance. It does a, a, a direct opposite of what you were initially anticipating it for you so to you do. So you were
0: looking to increase lubrication and have or less viscosity, and were, because of the chemicals yes, that were already blended in there, trying you're to lower different the, different
1: the, the gel, the drought, the, you know, the gel temperature or whatever that looks like. Yeah. So you know, the one thing that he told me, he was like, whatever fuel you get, he's like, be consistent. Stick with those fuel stations, run that fuel, don't add any additive into the mix. He was like, you know, uh, that you would buy over the counter. He goes, and don't go to the cheapest place. Whoa! So, you know, make sure, you know, again, the, the, just because it's 10 cents here, 20 cents here, stick to where you go. Yeah. You know, be high traffic fuel station, have you, whatever that looks like. Um,
0: it's funny you bring this up, Chris. There's
1: actually, there's a lost
0: episode of this podcast yeah. that we never got to publish where we interviewed the guys from a company called Amalgamated. Yeah. And they specialize in commercial grade and commercial volume of fuel additives. Uh, most most commonly around like fleets with six liters, yeah. right? Uh, and one of the things that they brought to our attention was that Anything you can afford on the shelf at a gas station for diesel additive literally has to be watered down to the point that the chemistry in that bottle, so the actual chemicals in that bottle, the volume of it is so low, Mm -hmm. it's probably not worth the money. And it's it's sad that that's kind of where the market has gone for that uh, because I know I've always been anecdotal uh, about saying that, like, Howes always worked for me. I run it all winter. I follow the instructions on the bottle. Well, and it's I think, always worked for me, but that's not the same as saying that's not the same as proof. Well, right? I think that's what's anecdotal funny,
1: experience. I think what's funny here is I want to touch on something, but I want you to handle the don't yeah. first because this is all going to tie in together.
0: I love it. Okay. Uh, don't run two stroke oil, gasoline or any other stupid ideas for additives. You're not increasing lubricity. You're not preventing gelling. What you're doing is ruining your injection right. system.
1: So. We'll touch on, you know, we'll stick with LB seven, you know, just cause we Love talked it. about it in the beginning. It's very common for guys when they have hazing injectors that they'll add two stroke oil because their buddy at the local GM shop or says
0: it'll clear it the up. The
1: dealer, or whatever says to do that. You gotta get what the debris off of there. Right. What so that's strange. doing is is it is it is allowing for there to be less tolerance or movement within the injector pintle itself. Okay. Yep. And all it's doing is sealing up whatever the leakage or blockage is in the fuel it's thickening up the fuel per se once the two-stroke oil is out of the system your injectors are still shit it's not helping aid anything they
0: also reduce lubricity it does they don't increase lubricity don't believe what they tell you science proves it it decreases lubricity
1: gasoline same thing guys will put gasoline i've heard this so many times from like old school mechanical injection guys like oh you're putting 30 gallons of uh, diesel in your truck run a gallon or two of gasoline in there too Gasoline's not going to gel, and that's the thought process in the wintertime. On a maybe, you know, uh, on a mechanical injected truck, you could probably get away with it. Sure. You know, you get away with a lot of shit. I could probably put sand in the fucking fuel system, and it would stay running. On a common rail system not happen. I would stay the hell away from it and stay away from, you know, your, there are going to be guys out there that, Oh, I blend my own fuel, you know, whatever that biodiesel, whatever that is. Great. If it's working for you, do it. I'm not putting it in mine. I know the cost of the stuff, (laughs) but one of the things, you know, kind of doing with the do's and don'ts this, this episode is guys will call in and they'll ask me, what additive do you run? I don't. Well, what do you do? I keep my truck over a half a tank and I drive the truck. Yeah. I run fuel. I'm very specific with a couple stations, especially in the winter months. And I change my fuel filter, you know, generally every 8,000-ish miles. You know, every right. few months I'm doing an oil change, I'll do a fuel filter. Um, FAST does say, like we had a FAST rep here not long ago and they say 30,000 miles. Yeah, You can go water, uh, water separator and fuel filter. I am not going against anything that they say. I've always had fast. Because well, you can trucks. go thirty thousand doesn't you can, mean right? I would.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, and
1: generally the newer trucks, you can go ten thousand on an oil change. I usually do it every four or five. Right. So, you know, it's just one of those things where I'm gonna practice what I preach, you know, that kind of thing. I don't believe in additives. I don't run it in my own truck. I'm not gonna challenge anyone to say something otherwise. If it works for you, keep that recipe going. All I know is, is I've owned diesels for twelve years. Um, I've never not been able to make it to work cause my shit won't start. And that's like my old school seven, three, my common rail and mechanical injected five nines. And you know, now the six, seven and the plethora of TDIs, my, my $1,500 budget beaters, baby <laughs> love those things. So you know, it doesn't. I don't add additive. It works, and I'll uh, continue to do that. I dig it. All right.
0: Well, speaking of another great company and a sponsor of the show, we're going to slide right on over to the WC Fab from Facebook segment Ooh, of today's show. Uh, Slater Barefoot. Okay. Hi, I'm a big fan of the podcast. Was wondering if you all have done a podcast about how to start your own diesel performance shop. I want to start my own in the future, but I have no idea where to start and how to get it going. Also, what connections would be great to have for a startup shop? And I think it would be cool if y'all talked about how to get into a diesel career on the podcast. Man, that's that kind of hit home. That I hits love home it. for
1: a lot of us. I, I think.
0: love it. I think we've hit on on this like maybe in a in a segment yeah. before. So longtime listeners, you might have heard us kind of talk about this. I'm gonna I'm gonna tackle the career thing first. Uh number one, we love enthusiasts. This is one of those industries that Formal education is really, really hard to come by because there's not a formal educator, a certification you can get in diesel performance. Mm -hmm. What you need to do is have a truck and get involved. Mm -hmm. You need to go to your local sled poles, your local diesel drags, whatever the local diesel guys are doing. You really got to get involved in that crowd. You got to get involved in that industry. You got to start being an enthusiast first. And then you can follow your passions. Now, some guys are going to be real obvious here and go after a mechanics degree. That makes a lot of fucking sense. Do it, man. Like, you're still going to need a formal education to be a mechanic. Um, But to get into, like, the diesel performance industry, you're going to need to match that kind of general formal education with some real-world, personal, hands-on experience. That's what we're looking for for a career. And that also goes in the sales department, in the
1: marketing department, in the tuning department every other department that's around being a mechanic. As you're talking about the formation of our shop, for an example, you know, I mean guys that I work with end users, you know, or guys that had a couple buddies and, you know, they wanted to start selling tunes or selling turbos. It was a word of mouth thing. They were enthusiasts. They knew hands-on how the truck you know, um, uh, the, the properties worked, you know, how the truck's mechanical side of things came together. Right. And they were able, you know, to, to kind of work off something. And there are guys that you and I can think of right now that we've worked with for the last five, six, seven years that have turned into having shops. Well, let's talk about the sponsor of this segment, Worley. Jason Worley, yeah.
0: who for, for some years when he started his operation, worked full time in a manufacturing facility yep. and literally rented a unit across the street in an industrial building to go and do his fab work on the side yep. at night. Yeah. So, 12 hours in the factory, another six or eight hours at night in the yep. shop. And he did that until he could build the business to yep. go and do it full time, until he could go and buy a building. And now they're in a brand new building yep. and just added a whole huge. second round of powder coating yep. and,
1: and fab guys. 30 some employees. A I mean, it's a huge operation. Um,
0: but, but again, that's somebody who started with a passion, saw that there was a problem in the market. That's the business yep. end of this. Uh, and then executed on it with absolute dedication, and that's what I think we see consistently across the three or four or five hundred dealers we deal with over at Duramax Tuner is we get a chance to talk to Everybody from small mom and pop operations. Yep. Shout out to guys like Alan Sweeten and Paul Schmidt, yep. uh, all the way up
1: to the huge distributors and the biggest names in the industry like XDP, Alligator, Alligator Thoroughbred, Thoroughbred. Yep. Uh, Diesel Performance Products. But the thing that's crazy here is is whether I'm dealing with the sales guys at those bigger you know mail order shops because you know we travel, we have to deal with them on a you know weekly basis, yearly basis, monthly basis, what have you, or the smaller shops that I get to be on the phone with and that I see at the bigger events. Yeah. They all have a drive. They all have a passion, and you know, one of the questions that, like, personally, I get a lot within, you know, customers is, you know, uh, for the guys that think I'm more educated, I'm really not. Um, <laughs> Nobody you thinks go- that. No. <laughs> I, I fool some. Uh, but, that, you know, where'd you go to school for this? And it's like, well, I probably have a college degree paid up and the money I've wasted on a truck, like, in parts. Like, I think that's a fact. It's a fact. But. I was driven. I was motivated. It was a passion, you know, and I still am passionate about it right now. Um, but it's, it's just fun. It's something that if you were to have asked like me, or if someone were to have asked you and you were selling vacuum cleaners back in the day, do you think you'd be here doing something you're passionate about something that you wake up and you're like, ah, you know, I'm going to go to work. Not a big deal. (laughs) Not like, oh fuck, this This, is what I have to do again.
0: I I was just joking with my wife. This is the first job I've had in that I can remember where it's November and I have sick days left. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I have unused sick days yeah. in November. That's I've never done that before. I've used one vacation day in three years. Well, that's you're fucking twisted yeah. now. No, high, hey, you know what? Vacation. But it's just it's one of those things. Yeah.
1: Sick days too. I think I've used a half a sick day and it was for my daughter, not for me. Yeah. But you know, it's just it's one of those things where if you're driven and you're passionate and you're goal oriented, that's another big one. You know, you can there, have there is setting some goals. I, I think if we were going
0: to talk about like starting your own business, that's, there's a lot of yes. great places we could point you. There's some really, really good books out there starting your own business. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some good podcasts like Startup Podcasts yeah, from yeah. Gimlet Media uh, and some other kind of marketing and business stuff that you need to know. I think that's the one folly I have seen in diesel performance shops that that didn't make it. Well, and and uh, I don't, I don't want to give you any scare stories here, but where we have seen is we've seen guys have a lot of passion and a lot of knowledge and, and they want to do the best they can. However, they don't understand business. And if you're going to run a successful business, you just you have to understand how business works. So this is not a successful shop is not just a place to hang out and have fun and wouldn't it be cool? A successful shop has a goal. They have a budget. Yeah. They have a metric. They understand that that what makes a business last is not just the product or service they offer. Yeah. It's all of the infrastructure that goes into supporting that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many guys have damn near been put out of business because they can't just figure out to hire a girl to pay the bills on time. No, you, you, you know, uh, absolutely. Little things like this, and, and I don't mean to be sexist and no. say a girl, it could be anybody, but but I'm just saying- Yeah, like, you
1: can't- when you. Basically to touch on that, you can't just start wrenching on a truck because you want to start a diesel shop, right? Just the shop in general. Right. Be the mechanic from nine to five, you know, be the accountant and, you know, do all the invoices and everything afterwards and be the shop quoter and things like that. Starting off when it's a job here, job there to get your feet rolling, that's fine. But if things start to take off and, you know, you start getting in that work and, you know, word spreads about you know who you are and what your capabilities are. You know you're you're going to have to build that infrastructure yeah. as you're pointing out. At the same time, um, again, not to pick or anything like that, but don't take on more than you can chew. You know, don't think like, oh, I'm going to take on this big build for fifty thousand or forty thousand dollars, and it's going to go well. Because I'll tell you right now, you will lose money on that. It will not be as easy as you think, or you think you can execute in your mind. So the smaller jobs, the little stuff, you know, getting your feet wet, building that foundation. Um, the that ones experience, that
0: probably aren't as exciting.
1: No, not as exciting, but. What it is is it's knowledge. Knowing the difference between
0: how to make money with your business yeah. and then how to grow your business; those are the things that you want to learn before you just go and rent a space and start wrenching yeah. on shops. So, so as we talk about becoming an owner and, and looking into business and, and understanding risk management and, yeah. and, and assets and all of all of the other fun terms. Um, it does really help to have somebody in your life that you can kind of rely on as a mentor. Uh, if you're not hanging around your local diesel shop, find one. Uh, the good guys, the bad guys, the ugly guys, it doesn't matter. Be around the industry. Understand some of like what happens behind the scenes before you start trying to be the scene. I, I guess is the best I could put it. Uh, but Chris, today we've talked a lot about Duramax. We've talked about fuel systems. We've talked about the Humvee. We're going to talk about something we never talk about on this show.
1: I'm excited. Everything leading up to this, you prepped me. Uh, you know, I went on some of the forums and uh, got a little lowdown on what's about to go down. But uh, who do we have today? Calibrated Power sponsors our
0: special guest. And today we got a, a really special guest, a little bit out of our comfort zone here. I'm Chris. just going to
1: call him 6'4 legend. Sick. <laughs>
0: hell yeah <laughs> dpc contender 64 legend facebook forum uh extraordinaire extraordinaire yeah good one good thank one you. thank uh, you uh we got jd gleason on the line jd how the hell are you uh doing well gentlemen
1: how are you doing Doing good, man. Doing good. Thanks for asking. Doing good. Thanks I just want to asking. point out, like I said, yeah, yeah. you know, a minute ago. So I, JD Gleason, his name's been, you know, in Diesel Power Magazine, things like that. I've read oh. his name. I know who he is. Um, I thought he was like a Ford guy in general. No, he's more like a six four Ford guy. And uh, I just probably <laughs> scrolled through his Facebook and saw more pictures of six fours in the matter of a minute than I, I, like I said, I had in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm pumped for this, dude. I am fucking so excited. <laughs> So, thanks for being on the show. We we really do appreciate it. Of
2: yep. course, though. I, I uh, it's
0: an honor for sure. <coughs> uh, so J, JD, one of the things um, I had I had met him at Diesel Power Challenge this okay. past year. Garrett, he was there with the Garrett Osane. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, who who was in? So, if you guys listen to some of our previous episodes, you can go back and listen to any of the Garrett Osane episodes. I know I got a couple of good sound bites of JD saying something stupid. Cool. Um. But no doubt.
1: But no doubt. <laughs> I love that. I love it. I love it. I'm already excited. It, it, it was
0: a wild time. A wild group of guys. It, yeah. it was so much fun. Um, I'll kick off the top of the show here. It was. It was an impressive truck for what it was.
1: You know, it's. I don't want to. You know, I don't know anything about six four. I'm just going to be very blunt. But I remember reading all of the magazine articles years ago when, like, Diesel Power magazine had Project Godzilla, and it was like this really gorgeous green crew short and people were talking as i'm looking at some of the show notes here talking about different horsepowers that we'll get into yeah and uh you know the 64 was probably the first truck to put a tune on and make almost 600 horse jd would you agree
2: yeah for sure and uh yeah no uh that's uh godzilla was a truck that um i had the opportunity to spend a lot of time around uh, I had my hands in it some, you know, way back when. It was Mike Dillahay's, yeah, yeah. Uh, a longtime friend of mine. Um, but, yeah, no, and, and that truck actually was one of the big inspirations for me to mess with mine. And, um, you know, uh, Mike Dillahay, as far as performance goes, is, you know, one of the OGs yeah. of the Ford industry for sure. He had, I mean, he had a 7.3 back in, you know, 2005 that was making more power than a lot of guys still make today.
1: So... No, that was. It was always cool, you know. Every couple months, they'd have another article in there. You know, they the the Spartan tuners back in the day and, and nitrous. And I remember one of the articles that always sticks in my head. And as new, as new platforms come out, I always fall back onto this one. Uh, snippet in the article and it was, oh, these engines are capable of handling X amount of power, but let's see if that you know holds true in a couple years after these trucks are seasoned and they have some miles on them. And I'll be honest, my knowledge and my understanding in in the in the diesel world as a whole is six fours in stock form are not the most reliable. I always make comments and hear jokes about like cracked pistons and things like that. So it's just funny to read that and mm-hmm. and you know the six four being the predecessor of the six liter, which Honestly, if I was a Ford guy, I, I don't a six liter. I like six liters. I like the six four. I don't have anything against either one of them, but it seems like the six four has sure. a, a worse off wrap than the six liter did. Would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, hundred uh, percent. And you know, for me, I, you know, I've been a Ford guy for a long time, and the six four, it, it's now in its, um, you know, in, in its years to where uh, you know a lot of people can buy them. They're cheaper, that kind of thing. And so now is when you start seeing, you know, when, you know, people just beat the hell out of them and they, they have a bunch of problems, blow up, whatever. And the platform itself getting blamed and the six leader went through that too. But now that, you know, the six leader, all of its problems have become common. Uh, they're easily fixable. You know what to look out for. People understand what, uh, you know, what their reputations are. Um, you know, people are, are coming back to them, and they're like, no, no, I love six leaders. They're easy to work on. You know, they're, you know, if it has this problem or this problem, you know, it's, you're going to uh, you know be able to fix it quick because it's it's a common deal. Yeah, yeah. And I think the six four will get there. Um, it's as far as like, you know, the the cracking pistons and stuff. The six yeah, li- uh, excuse me, the six liters actually had uh, similar issues, but you know, just because um, you know the different design of the injectors, it's not common. Yeah. Or else cylinder pressures are way lower. Uh, it was way more common that six fours would crack pistons. Um, than six liters, so but it I mean it is something you see in six liters every once in a while. Uh, the difference in six fours where it it came about in a, a much bigger way. I I think a lot of it is because of the injection system and higher cylinder pressures that kind of thing. But they, um, they meaning Molly, uh... they actually had some casting flaws uh, in their original batches of pistons that went out to international. So uh a lot of the earlier trucks had problems a few of the later trucks did too uh seem to be uh you know quite a bit less common on you know the job two and three trucks but as far as the earlier ones go they were i mean it seemed like they were pretty hit or miss. so uh now the pistons have been updated the casting flaw is you know recognized or understood so a lot of the trucks that you know Ended up having a piston problem, they never will again. So, and that's, I think that's a common misconception too is, you know, if you were going to have problems with it, it was going to happen, you know, stock tuned, deleted, you know, thousand horse, whatever. But if you didn't have any problems, then, you know, it didn't matter what power level you were at.
1: So I guess, you know, we'll kind of dive into it. What are the common failures? You know, if I was in the market and I was looking at a 6.4, you know, I read the magazines, right? Know your name, whatever the case may be. You know, I'm motivated to buy sure. a 6.4. If you were to coach someone through buying one, what are the general, you know, failure points? What is there to look out at?
2: You know, uh, you know the, the, like the job one trucks, uh, a few of them would blow head gaskets somewhat similar to the 6.0. There was an updated head gasket that they went to for the job two and three trucks, and the job two and three trucks didn't really seem to have those problems. So, uh, I hold mean, on, hold on, hold on. What, what the hell at.
1: is a job one or a job two? Job one's probably oh eight. Job two is uh, 0, 09, and three is ten.
2: It it actually it doesn't go by uh, necessarily the model year, but it goes by the build date, and I can't even remember off the top of my head what the build dates were, uh, but. Essentially, you know, you could have like a, a 2010 job one. They, those did exist. Oh wow! Uh, there were also 2008 job threes. Um, I'm not sure what the uh, the.
0: Is it like uh, what shift first, second or third shift or right. so? Like, third hey man, shift you just bought a sucks. second shift
1: truck, man. Yeah, you, you fucking idiot! Right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so so anyway, like I said, that the, the uh, like the piston. You know, it was a casting flaw. So, you know, some guys got screwed with it, some didn't. I hear you. Um, but, you know, as far as, uh, like, other common problems they had, um, I mean, it, it, they, they weren't really that bad.
0: Uh, well, emissions equipment, I always I always like hear any- that, that ha- the, the emissions equipment wreaked havoc on everything built from 08 to 10. If I could just be clear, every diesel ever built from 2008 to 2010, the emissions equipment sucked on yeah. it. But I do hear that that's a major failure uh, point.
2: 100%. And, the, you know, like with the DPS and stuff, just like anything else, um, you know, you get a lot of fuel dilution in the crankcase and stuff. And that, I mean, that isn't necessarily just... Uh, uh, true for Fords or anything, but, um, the six, four was something else that suffered from that. But even then, I mean, it's not like diesel fuel takes out bearings or a bottom end or anything like that. It's just, you know, something to watch out for. Right. Um,
0: have you messed around around with that? Uh, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I I was just trying to ask, uh, have you messed around with that? Didn't bully dog do a a six, four DPF and aftermarket one?
2: You know, I, I saw that at SEMA, and I have heard of them, but I've never heard of anybody with one on their truck. Uh, <laughs> ATS has actually uh, tried to, to push, like, the, the high-flow DPFs, and the only one that I know of is on, like, their RamGen truck. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, it's on one of their trucks. I can't remember who's the Dodge is the Ford, but one of their trucks has uh, a, their, one of their high-flow DPFs on it, and it actually, from what I understand, it works. But I've never, never looked into it.
0: Yeah, I, I've heard that that one was in prototyping for a while. We talked to the guys over at Bully Dog. I believe we had him on the show to talk about their aftermarket DPF. Uh, sounded really cool. I didn't mm-hmm. know if it had started to, to take hold because I don't really watch y- your guys' niche of the industry very closely. Because like we said, we don't, sure. we're don't. we just not really big 6'4 guys, right? Yeah. Um, but as we are starting to move into the 6.7 performance over here, we're obviously starting to see a lot of crossover in just Ford guys in general, guys who had a 6.4 and now they have a 6.7. You know, they love that Ford brand, and they're just really? looking to see what's the same, what's different. I'm wondering, what were some of the major changes besides just the leader and displacement change to go on from the, the 6.4s into the new uh, Scorpion 6.7s?
2: Well, so, like, the 6.4s the were designed and built by International, and the 6.7 platform is actually all done by Ford in-house, so they share almost nothing. Um, I shouldn't even say almost nothing. And they really do share nothing. Um, you know, it, everything from the block to the crank to, you know, everything, the design of the head, the design of the engine, um, you know, source for fuel system and all that stuff is completely different. Um, you know, like the 64 is used all Siemens fuel system and the six sevens all bosch. Um, you know the, the six sevens have reverse flow heads, basically, the uh, exhaust manifolds are in the valley. Um, yeah, they're, they're a totally different animal from the six fours. The six sevens are also the, probably the biggest difference is that the 6 seven is a main cap engine, whereas the 64 is a, like a bed plate, bed plate clad engine.
0: Okay, for, for our guys who are a little bit newer to uh, to engines and builds, uh, what's the difference there? W- what would that mean to an end user?
2: Uh, so, essentially, the, the way that the crank is held into the block uh, is hugely different. So, uh, the bed plate that's in the sixth floor is, it, it? I mean, as you're looking at it, it looks like it's, you know, the bottom half of the block. It's, it's an entire cradle that holds the crank, and from a performance standpoint, it's uh seemingly better just because there's a lot more structure to it a lot more stability um you know trucks that make big horsepower big torque uh you know the crank tries to move around obviously your cylinder pressures and and all that are trying to push the crank out of the block so uh engines like the 67 um you know they just have caps that hold the uh uh, the crank into the block. So essentially the bottom part of the block, you see the crank, and then you just bolt the cap uh, over top of the crank to hold it in place. Um, I mean, not to say that that's not a, uh, you know, a, a good design or anything like that or can't be improved upon. Uh, like obviously the axes are, you know, for you guys, are a main cap engine as well. Uh, the big downfall for Ford is the aftermarket for Ford stuff really isn't there like it is for the Dodge and Cummins. Because cords change platforms so many times, right? Um, right now, there's no billet main caps or girdles or anything like that available for the six seven cords like there are the Duramax and that kind of stuff.
0: Gotcha. Okay, is that one of the reasons that you're, you're s- still dedicated to that that six four platform? Because that does really seem to be where you shine the most. Is really around those six fours. Uh why why stick with those? Why haven't you kind of just said, you know what, hey, the six four was cool, but jump into the six sevens now that they're available?
2: I mean, yeah, that's that's a lot of it. Um there's there's still a long way for the six sevens to go before I think they'll be reliable at the power level that the six fours can be. Um there's a truck actually uh that a good friend of mine, uh Nick Aldarelli in New Jersey. Hi Nick. He uh, he's got a six seven and he actually is starting to push it now. It's becoming one of the fastest like steel bodied super duties uh, around. It went nine forty nine at hundred and forty nine a couple weeks ago at just over six thousand pounds. So um, it's making a you know real right around a legitimate fourteen hundred horsepower and it actually has lived quite a bit longer than. I mean, I anticipated for sure. Uh, maybe not a few <laughs> other guys. But, um, you know, he beat the crap out of that truck all year and uh, for a bunch of the season last year, too, in another truck. So, it but uh, yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's, I don't know. The 6-4 the has gotten such a bad name, and that's part of why I've, you know, kept pushing mine. And mine's just, it's, like, for the most part, I haven't been able to kill it uh i split the block in it now what seems like forever ago uh but i mean it made you know 2100 foot pounds on fuel on big tires and every time i pulled it out of the garage i drove it sideways everywhere i went you know so whatever i can't really blame it for that
0: (laughs) I, i don't know how you fit i i've never killed it and i split the block into the same sentence but well played sir
2: I like I like your style. I,
0: I just I mean <laughs> the thing's been great
2: to me. I've put more miles on a built motor than or on I should say built engines, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, at big power numbers, you know, four digits plus, and um, it's treated me very well. Like uh, aside from once, it's only it only ever stranded me once, and I broke an input shaft in it, and I was out. Screwing around doing stuff I shouldn't have been spraying it. So. <laughs>
1: oh well. So, what's the setup of your current that 6 4? I've
2: seen more nitrous on the street than any five vehicles ever should, for sure.
1: <laughs> so, what's the setup of the 6 4 that you currently have well, for the listeners? What's that look like?
2: Uh, so, here's how it went. So, uh, I put the block in it. I was actually going to ACS's Gauntlet Challenge. Um, we owned the dyno that uh, we ran it outside at ACS's uh, event, and at the time, I was considering putting my truck in the gauntlet, just depending on how much time we had. So I took it out of the garage. It was, you know, it had been snowing, so it hadn't been out of the garage in, a, you know, a couple months. And I took it out and, you know, did a good fifty to one thirty pull in it or something, and it split the block. So at that time, it had. Uh, some Elite Diesel, what they call the Max Power Xs. Uh, It was a 66 VGT, uh, you know, that was designed and built by Elite, and then uh, a Precision 88 as an Atmosphere. Um, At the time, it had some 90 overs in it from DDP, Elite Dual Pumps, uh, you know, all the supporting mods you could think of, I guess. And it made a little over 1,000 on fuel, I'd sprayed it to 1,500 um, on ATS's dyno, as you guys know. Is, Holy is, shit. Uh,
0: Probably 2,000 yeah, anywhere yeah, else I've, in the world.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, as far as combined numbers go, uh, as far as I know, I've got the highest Ford number on their dyno ever combined numbers. Tim Yawn has put up a little bit more horsepower than me, but less torque. Uh, so anyway, um, so I split the block then. And at the time, uh, a good friend of mine who uh, you guys actually met at Diesel Power Challenge, Uh, he was on our team with Garrett, his name was Darren. Uh, He was pounding my, you know, beating my door down to buy that turbo setup. And I was somewhat interested in uh, switching to something else. So I sold him that turbo setup, and I'm in the process of rebuilding it Um now. So it will have uh some precision compounds in it. It's a precision sixty eight seventy and then uh another eighty eight millimeter atmosphere. But um it's actually out at Rudy's right now and uh uh another good friend of mine who I used to work with here in Colorado I actually got him a job at Rudy's. Uh he is my fabrication guy and he is he's is undoubtedly one of the most talented people in this industry um dedication beyond anything i've ever seen in my life uh but he is helping me with that so uh whenever i have time and he has time i fly out there and you know we spend a a weekend working on it and uh i'm actually really excited about the new setup it should be something um you know pretty cool as far as uh uh just the the quality of components and all that kind of stuff that you know a lot of guys don't go to that extent it'll be all titanium charge piping and um you know top to bottom all hand done you know one-off uh as far as the piping goes a lot of nathaniel's blood sweat and tears it's going to be cool
0: that's awesome okay cool man well i'm definitely excited to see it um I got a feeling one of the places I'm going to end up getting to see it is at the callout. Now, I'm not talking about the ultimate callout challenge. I'm talking about a callout that spawned from the 08 10 Ford 64 Power Stroke. Uh, that is the official title yeah. of the Facebook group. I fucking hate names of Facebook groups. Yeah. There is no good Facebook group name on earth. I hate them all. Uh, your guys' is is just as terrible as everyone else. So don't Dude, worry. Dude,
1: what an asshole! Dude, we're, we don't no have arguments. to be shut. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And and also, if you've been on this page, you I know haven't. that that JD has absolutely no feelings.
1: I'll never, I'll never uh, um, get accepted in. What kind of truck do you own? These, Not a fucking Ford.
0: I I think I wrote, I think I wrote Audi just to <laughs> just to see if they would still approve it. Um, no, I, I don't know what I wrote, but I,
1: I'll
2: add you today.
0: Don't worry. Sorry. No, oh, oh, I'm added, motherfucker. I've, I, I did my homework. Um, I
1: was talking to Chris. Oh. All right. I'm, gonna, I'm going on right now. I'm down for, I'm down for a good time. So let's get into this. What's this call out? What is it?
0: Yeah, give us a little backstory here, JD. Um, w- wi- without, without slandering uh, anybody, this is going to get published to the general public. And if you
1: want to call them out on the podcast yeah. live, go so for it. I'm cool with be that. Be careful
0: about your legal liabilities. We do not support, <laughs> no, no. or endorse anything you're saying. We are just having you on as a guest.
2: No, no, I'm I'm not going to say anything about, you know, somebody can't defend themselves here. But uh, long story short, there was um, uh, some guys uh, pushing some tuning on on that page, and um, uh, there was uh, some feedback from some of this guy's customers that wasn't very great. So, I took it upon myself to, to make a comment about it essentially to the effect of, you know, uh, get your shit together, otherwise, you know, we don't want you on this page kind of deal. Um, in so many words, it, it was way worse than that. I'm a terrible person, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, um, you know, a little trash talking ensued back and forth, and uh, it got somewhat personal, and he decided that he wanted to call me out. Um, uh, you know, for whatever, uh, you know, whatever that was worth. Um, we agreed upon a, like a DPC style showdown, uh, something with, um, you know, Dino Drag, Sled pull, uh you know, make it a little, a little interesting. And he added that he wanted me to bring three competitors with me. And he said that he would bring three other guys as well. So there's going to be essentially two teams of four of us uh, going head-to-head in Colorado. And it's, like originally it kind of started off as a call-out, but it's, uh, as more and more details have emerged from it, there's actually an event going on that we will basically be competing at. And this event is called the... High Plains Diesel Shootout. It's at uh, Pueblo Motorsports Park in Colorado here in Pueblo, uh, May 18th and 19th of 2019. Uh, Matthew Fetty is putting on the event. And, uh, you know, for a lot of you guys that, you know, may recognize that name uh, or may not, uh, Team Punisher is who he's associated with. He's got a little uh, Pro Mod 6-liter Ford. It's like a 60s body-style Ford with a blown six liter in it. It's actually a, a very cool truck.
0: Yeah, absolutely. and uh, He's
2: got a ton of work into it, and they're, they're getting it dialed in, and it's starting to go faster. Um, should be pretty cool.
0: I love it, man. Well, I, I'm really excited for it. Uh, yeah. I'm sure after this airs, you guys are going to get all four of our listeners to go onto the group and, and try to request on so that they can see this. Uh, if you miss drama on <laughs> Facebook and a lot of shit talking between what's clearly a bunch of guys who enjoy themselves um ju- jump on it, it is I, I i do look for these by the way i am this is like my guilty pleasure i don't watch reality tv i read facebook comments no,
1: and he disrupts the whole office I do. The like he's like did you read on this forum what happened and i'm like paul i have a fucking life i'm yeah. not on the facebook forum and it, that's his life it he, is. he's very passionate about it's, reading other people's bullshit I,
0: I get i get paid to do it um, so so anyway was it was a lot of fun to read some of this shit uh, but, yeah, no, you guys definitely should check it out. I know we're going to be following along at the event. That's, that comes down to, like, right right around UCC, right? It's like the weekend before or the weekend after? I think it's a couple weekends after. After. Okay, cool. Because if, if if it's there, whew, man, I might have to make it out. You might have to see this one live. Uh, I did want to give you a chance here. Uh, Can you hear me? Oh, go
2: ahead. Okay. go ahead.
0: I was going to say, I did want to give you a chance here. Generally, when we have an expert on for different categories, we like to give you a couple of examples. Chris and I pretend like we're the customer, and we let you make some just kind of general recommendations. We didn't write super detailed biographies on these. No. Uh, There's just a couple bullet points. Sure. Which is my note to Chris to make something up. Uh, He's giving me the seductive look. uh, You love it. I will kick things off. Uh, Okay, so, JD, I am a towing customer. I really... I'm heavy towing, probably a camper, back and forth across the country. Hey, man, I'm an old guy. I'm on a budget, which is what every old guy has ever told me. Um, and I'm looking to get five to 600 horsepower out of my 6.4. What do I need to do?
2: Uh, I mean, your best bet uh, would be a good tune. I've been, been uh, unbelievably happy with gearhead tuning. Um, as far as the Ford stuff goes, their, their tuning is the cleanest. And seemingly the smoothest, it's, uh, it's what I run and, and all the, the trucks that I build, all the stuff that I work on. Uh, it's in my fiance's truck, my truck. Uh, anything that I've ever needed, he's, he's been uh, you know, more than happy to accommodate for me, and I, I've always appreciated that. Um, but for big toe, you know, toe and heavy, uh, a turbo upgrade is always, always what a 6.4 wants. Uh, like a drop-in from Elite Diesel, just uh, an atmosphere that uh, has had a little work done to it uh, is cheap. You know, you're under 1500 bucks for uh, a drop-in turbo, and, I mean, it'll, they'll make 650 on totally stock fuel with just a tune and an atmosphere turbo. So put one of those
1: in it and turn it down, and you've got 500 to 600 There you go.
0: Yeah. Nice and easy, man. Awesome. Chris, you got the next one.
1: Yeah, I'm going to push the envelope. Uh I went on Craigslist and I found uh, a one owner, light used 150,000 mile truck. It's a it's an 09. And uh I want 800 horse out of it. I tow uh yeah, maybe four times a year. Uh, I'm going to take the truck to the drag strip, uh want to hang out with my friends and beat up on some ricers
2: Sure. Uh also simple. Um this is, uh, my best buddy Justin has or had a, uh, a truck with his exact setup in it. Uh, a set of dual fuelers, um, a low pressure fuel system, some 60 over injectors and, uh, elite, they call them the high power juniors. It's a 59 and a 76 stock appearing setup. They make, you know, ride right at 800 on fuel. Um, you know, put some nitrous to them and they'll make 1100 plus all day long. Um, yeah, it's, it's a blast to drive. It lights instantly. Uh, it runs cool. You can tow whatever you want with it. And, uh, yeah, they just they love getting beat at that power level. That's, like, their favorite thing ever.
1: <laughs> now, <laughs> this is, what, what are we doing on transmission engine? Are those stock? Like, what does that look like? Am I going to have to budget for that? Or
2: Honestly, it's, I mean, you, you can run a stock trans, 800 horse. And it's a gamble. With good trans tuning, it'll live for quite a while. It will shock you. <laughs> it, it really will. Um, my truck, I probably made, I don't know, a 100 passes, 150 passes at, you know, between 700 and 800 horse on a totally stock transmission. And uh, I ended up swapping it out for a built one because I was entering a diesel power challenge. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they'll live. Otherwise, uh, I mean, you can plan for mild to wild for the trans. Um, you know, you can get a decent rebuilt trans with a good converter for, you know, 4500 bucks, Or you can go full billet and go nuts for eight grand. you know. it's There's uh, options either way. The thing with Fords though, is we're handicapped because we're heavy. Uh, Ford's <laughs> are like the fat kid of the group.
1: Yeah, for and,
2: sure. And, you know, they always happen, and, you know, that's hard on transmissions, So.
1: Wow. Now, uh, at 800 horse, the stock long block, I mean, anything there? Like, what does that look like?
2: Uh, No, I I mean, it it all goes back to, uh, you know, piston issues. If it's a factory long block, you know, at 150k, chances are you're probably not going to run into a crack piston. Otherwise, you would have already. Um, And if you hadn't, then you're good to go. Uh, I mean, any newer diesel that, that makes you know the power that they do the torque that they do you know instant throttle response that kind of thing the bearings don't live nearly as long as as they used to you know i guess seven three guys all the time oh my shit you know lives to four hundred thousand miles and it's hardly broken well your shit also makes 200 horsepower and you know doesn't make (laughs) any torque that's how this whole thing works yeah. So, um, you know, if you've ever driven a, a six four with a tune or, or any other power adders, you know the throttle response is immediate, and that's what kills bottom ends and barons. But as far as um, you know, the strength of the bottom end, they will hold uh, eight hundred all day long. Um, it's pretty rare that you see uh, bent rods or anything like that um under a thousand horses it, i mean it does happen every once in a while you get fluke stuff that goes on um but it's it's not the norm for sure uh like i was telling you about the justin's truck um it trapped 120 121 and some change with uh, one stage to it on 35 inch tires at like 8,650 pounds at 6,000 feet, which calculates to like, a 1,033 horse, and that was a totally stock bottom end, stock rods, stock pistons that, you know, never skipped a beat.
1: I mean, that's, um, that's some straight-up, you know, 5'9 coming shit that you're telling me right now. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah, it, it is.
2: is. And, uh, you know, and at the same time, you know, like, a, a lot of the guys that make a 1,000 horse, their trucks don't make a ton of torque. You know, a lot of guys go... You know, the single router, some big ass compounds to get there. Uh, we're talking stock appearing turbos here. So uh, at, at 1,000 horse, it's making 2,000 foot pounds of torque. Oh, yeah. You know, no problem. All right. And that's just that's how they are. Six horse are torque monsters.
0: Well, how about taking one out to the max? I mean, what's the ultimate DPC build? You know, it's, it's tough to say. Because uh, you've been involved in like, two now. You know, so. Garrett's that. Uh, well, I said you've been involved in two DPCs now, so like I'm, I'm kind of wondering, like, how would you change it from Garrett's build up?
2: Uh, you know, honestly, like Garrett's build or like mine was very similar to Garrett. Uh, just my atmosphere was a little bit bigger. Um, you know, between those two builds, uh, that's, I mean, really kind of an ideal setup. I mean, you, uh, you saw how, how well it performed, how that truck responded. Uh, We just had a problem in the drags where the the pump and the transmission exploded, Yeah, and it was one of those things where we should have bought uh, one of uh, David at Red Diamond's new roller bearing pumps for it, Um, but it was just one of those things where it wasn't broke, so we didn't fix it. And uh, it ended up, as far as I'm concerned, costing us the competition.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, um, you guys were, were had to be way. I didn't see the points obviously like all the way through, but like you guys had to be way out in front on it. I, I mean, it just it, he was doing so well.
2: Yeah, I mean, originally we were uh, not to take anything away from Cody either, um, but well, Cody yeah, we, we were uh, we were for sure in the hunt for first, and taking us out of the drag uh, really killed us. Um, yeah. You know, especially. The testing that we did up, uh, you know, the couple weeks before DPC, um, the drags, we were ready to go head-to-head with any truck there. Right. So, uh, but, you know, like I said, something that's that cool fast uh, is, is going to be, you know, a, a contender in diesel power challenge. It, it's not a, an all-out power thing necessarily, but a truck that you can drive that's responsive and you know how it reacts is going to beat power almost every time.
0: Yeah. And avoiding cones. I hear you.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> little known fact, uh, Garrett got sent a uh, traffic cone costume for Halloween, and I actually never got to see him in it. But uh, it was a pretty good time.
0: <laughs> Everybody. It wasn't even just Garrett, man. Everybody. You could not go through that course over five miles an hour and not crush cones. It was rough. Hashtag it it was so mod. rough. Yeah. Driver Chuck. Man. Awesome man. Uh,
2: it looked pretty high for sure.
0: Yeah. It, it was. It was fucking. I was so glad I didn't have to drive and seeing the cops run around the course that day. That was. That was probably my favorite part of it. Um,
1: I mean, let's face <laughs> it, Paul. You couldn't even do it in your own fucking vehicle with no trailer.
0: Come on, quit playing,
1: dude. You're terrible.
0: <laughs> um. You know. I get home. <laughs> <laughs> gets home.
1: <laughs> I, I get
0: home with Uber. Yeah. Leave me alone. All right, man. JD, I appreciate you coming on and talking six fours listeners for all you guys who asked us to talk about six fours. And I, I wrote back rude responses. I'm sorry. We finally did it. Uh, listeners, the guys who called out and said, Hey, can you have on JD Gleason to talk yeah. about this Facebook, uh, call out going on? I finally did it. Leave oh, me alone God. about six fours I'm done. This is a checked off the list and I'm
1: sold I want one
0: next year we'll talk about them again I want one i'm ju- I'm just joking. uh no it, it was a lot of fun. We always appreciate the messages, <laughs> even from you six four guys, please keep sending them in uh, we'd love to talk to you guys more about it j d anybody you want to give a final shout out to here
2: uh, I mean not necessarily i guess um <laughs> Yeah, well, let's, let's reconvene, you know, later in the season, and uh, we'll see how the season goes and all that for fours and six fours, and you know, maybe even talk to you at uh, the call out event.
0: I love
1: How's it. That? You know what, I we'll love talk it, man. To we're going to schedule another, you know, um, whatever this is, and another powwow on six four. That's when we're going to do it. Oh, oh, on June fourth. Yeah, dude. okay. Yeah, I like that. Got it. Love yeah, it. That's national. <laughs> Please do. Awesome. Well, guys,
0: thanks so much for listening. This has been Paul Wilson and Chris Hemke. Have a great night. The Diesel Performance Podcast is brought to you by Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTuner.com. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped calibrations for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including Duramax, Cummins, Powerstroke, John Deere, Case, New Holland, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out calibratedpower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. If you'd like to contact the podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email Paul at duramaxtutor.com or Chris at C-E-H-M-K. A-E at DuramaxTuner.com. Hey, thanks for listening. Your feedback is appreciated. Please rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and by all means, let us know if you have any ideas for a podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Um,
2: I'm not sure what the uh, the...
1: Is it like uh, what shift? First, second, or third shift? Or right. <laughs> so like third shift just Hey man, you bought a sucks. second shift truck, man. Yeah, you, you fucking idiot. Up.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs>